What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we are here to talk all things power. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... This is Carlos D. We are here to talk about, essentially, the first half. We have halftime, baby, of Book 4, Season 2, Force. Now, um, for those of you who've been keeping up with us, last episode, we covered Episodes 1 and 2. This episode, we're going to be going over pretty much the the first half of the season in general. Um, pretty much in encompassing episodes 3, 4, and 5. We're not going to do our usual play-by-play. Um, we're pretty much going to give halftime synopsis on a, a lot of the main characters and some of the big moments. Uh, but before we get to that, sir, how are you? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, I feel like we have been taking a big, big hiatus. Hiatus, but we are back to try to, uh, you know, get a little conversation going about this show. How you doing? I can't complain. Um, is this has been a little unorthodox for us because you know we like to go episode by episode, but um, we should be hopefully back on our regular schedule. We had some some travel issues, not issues, some travels come up, some work stuff come up, and um, just overall timing. This is what what worked best um, while we were gone. Uh, the writer's strike, they seem to have reached an agreement. Uh, the actor strike is still ongoing. So uh, props to the writers and also props to the writers for sticking by the actors who are still striking. Um, hopefully they can all get what they what they need as well as what they want. Uh, how are things with you, sir? I can't complain, man. Uh, you say you start off some traveling. Definitely got to give you some late birthday shout out. Happy belated birthday. You Thank know, I was you, with you throughout the course of the entire grand festivities. But, uh, yeah, we just been busy it was uh, a good time. traveling, working, having some good times, trying to enjoy each other uh, as friends outside of just this podcasting game. So um, that's all. Can't complain that. I'm just ready to get into, uh, you know, what we do. And hopefully we can get back on, like you said, a consistent streak. Hopefully for the last half of the season, we can do what we normally do the weekly um, but it's just been hectic and just that's how life takes it. They aren't paying us for this, so uh, you get it when you get it. Exactly. But thank you for all the all of you who've been rocking with us, um, as always. And I'm going to say it again uh, at the end. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, so a lot has gone down this first half. Um, why don't we start off with some of the secondary characters, the people that are like, they're there, but it's like, um, you know, we have to deal with them because we have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the task force got off to a slow start. Um, but once they've once they got established, they've been making some moves. And I think and this is kind of unusual for the universe. Um, I think this is the first group of law enforcement where for all all purposes of the show, they're going to be strictly law enforcement. Um, there's no real investment in their personal lives. There's been some things sprinkled about the head of the FBI uh, part of it, as well as the detective um, and their relationship. I can't remember if they were married or if they are married and they're just kind of at a rocky patch. I think of, they uh, still are married just rocky. Yeah. Because they seem like they were on a yeah, date that one episode. That's what I, I, yeah, I guess it, maybe it was date night for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, their goal for for book four is we're, they're not going to be sacks and um, 
and Angela Valdez. We, we're not supposed to be super invested in them. They're the the protagonist antagonist. You know, they're they're doing the right thing, but for the sake of the show, they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and, this is the first task force that it's not like like connected to the people they are like after. Like you, right, like with Angela, she had personal interest because she was dating Ghost, and she had a history with him and Tommy and all them. And then Sax got so deep involved. That he was like, even though he didn't know them prior to being on the test force, he was like, by the end, so intimately involved with them that he was just, it, it was a blurry line. But these people, they don't know Tommy. They don't know uh, CBI as anything other than the bad guys they're trying to arrest. There is no personal connection. So um, it is a lot different than we see across the other book one and book two, where the cops not only are trying to do their job, but they're also like personally invested in trying to take down the um especially the St. Patrick's. It seemed yeah. like they had a hard on or they were like it was way beyond I'm just a cop trying to take out bad people when it came to the St. Patrick's and law enforcement across the first two um the first two seasons. Not seasons, uh series. So the interesting thing about this was at first I was like, they're kind of boring to me. But it works, especially by the end of uh episode five. Um I think the fact that we're not personally invested in them has made them good at their jobs which is something that they're these guys seem to well at so far um they seem to be pretty efficient uh they got the drop on tommy uh with the pictures while he was um giving driving lessons to maria um they made her and um they they get their hooks into vic so i was like okay i think it's different from what we've, we've expected, but it's like it's a little refreshing to see competent law enforcement so far um, with their gathering of intel, uh, with their granted. It was a reckless move to let Vic back out on the street after he had already been made as a, or I did as a as a murderer. Um, but it 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 immediately comes back into well, they immediately kind of close that loose end. Uh, um, anything else on the, the law enforcement before we, uh, well, excuse me, on, that's the, well, the task force law enforcement. Any, any words on them before we move on? No, no, I think, uh, we pretty much summed it up. I think, um, we just kind of see where they're going to go. Cause we do see a little possible shadiness with the, I don't know her name, the head of the task force where she was trying to force the lady to identify Tommy, uh, from the lineup, even though she didn't, you know, she, she said Vic was definitely involved and she was trying to force her to kind of pick. Um, Tommy out of the lineup as well so we see there is some shadiness uh, she isn't so above the law that she won't get a little dirty um, but we'll see what her long term plan is because she, it seems like ambitions is her key thing she wants to advance her career and she may take some shortcuts to get to it so we'll see how it turns out and so far the only predictable thing I'm seeing in in her in her futures she's it's going to ruin things with her with her husband mm-hmm. um which i mean we're not super invested so who cares um but for the most part i i'm okay with the task force being good at their jobs and um having you know the uh i guess the drive to do things right and do you know to a degree by the book um which was the downfall of the AUSAs because they, you know, they they were by any means necessary. And that's what got most of them killed or blackballed or, or you know, sent away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we go from one law enforcement to these, and this should be pretty, you know, pretty brief, uh, to the POs. We got, we got super straight lace, new PO, who has just been harassing Diamond, popping up at his, uh, at his barbershop, muscling his way into getting a haircut. Um, and then we get the return of Seamus, uh, I, now, I know we said we weren't going to fully go like episode by episode with this one, but um, one thing that this is, I think this might have been the first time this has happened since the the flagship uh, series. And it's they they brought they use flashbacks from the first season. And I feel like Power Book One was the only series that did that. I don't I don't feel like Book Two did that at all. But um, it was interesting. It, it was a little it kind of piqued my interest. So I was like, Oh, okay. So some of these guys are going to return. Um, IE, uh, uh, the girl that was at the dude's house when Tommy and Vic rolled up in there. And, um, of course, Seamus, uh, Seamus being the unreasonable villain. Um, I want this in barely 24 hours. Oh, you got it for me. Cool. I want more in the same time. So I'm glad that he met his demise in a quick and timely fashion. Uh, but, he, you know, it, it did lead to a little bit of issue, friction between him and Tommy, which was quickly resolved. Um, but I do think that eventually when when he vanishes, he vanishes of the, from the radar of uh, the local police. Um, his new P.O. is probably going to catch wind of that and probably cause more problems for him. Uh, how did you feel about uh, old PO, new PO. Um, the new, yeah, I mean, the new guy's just been annoying. I mean, I guess it's the point they want to make him like uh, over the top when it comes to like just being overly aggressive and, and digging into Diamond and giving Diamond a hard time. Um, so I, I was curious to see if they're gonna do that. It seems like they're gonna just keep him as a straight and hard nosed person. So I thought they was gonna maybe like try to turn him or maybe pay him off, but he seems like he's not going for that at all. Uh, so I think that's the point. They want you to not like him, and they did a good job of that. And then Seamus, uh, I, I agree, he's just being stupid. It's like, uh, and it's like, I don't even understand it. Like, I get being greedy, but like, why would he ask for money, get the money, and then ask for more the same exact night? Like, he has this full and total control. Like, he's not dealing with, um, basically, cyclers. Yeah, killers. Killers. Yeah. Uh, you know, these people are uh, borderline sociopaths at the most. Um, so I feel like it was a little not, it didn't really make sense for him to like overly press it. Because I get it, like he's the cop, and he understands they won't hurt police. But he also has to understand like there is a point you can push him to, and I feel like he didn't take right. enough of it. Now, granted, they didn't do you know his ultimate demise. We know that came at the hands of a uh, um, D Mac. D Mac, um, but still, I feel like he would he, he he wouldn't have been that greedy that aggressively. I feel like they could have did a better job of this if they'd have made it like wait a couple of weeks as opposed to him. Give me the fifty thousand. Here's the fifty thousand. Oh, I need fifty more thousand tonight. The exact same night that he got it. So I feel like that was a little bit weird the way they set that up. Um, Go ahead. I did. I did like how Tommy, for once, was he these in these three episodes. He kind of returned back to where he was at the end of the first season, where he's like he's a bit more diplomatic. He's he's thinking a bit more strategic instead of you know. Cause he was he was almost right back into where he started, and being Mister Hothead, and you know shoot first, ask questions maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, the idea of like okay, you'll be our inside guy, 
and you'll get your regular payments. Right. Um, but, you know, and who knows, maybe this was one of those things where the the the, the actor couldn't commit anymore and they needed to get him out of there. Uh, so this was a clean way of doing it. Uh, yeah, it, it was weird because they just brought him back randomly for episode, um, like without any real backstory of like, because I hadn't forgot about him, to be honest with you. I don't even remember how they ended yeah. off in season one with him. I mean, I know him and Diamond has the friction, and I think he Diamond he had paid Diamond off because of the, the, the bad drugs or whatever that messes and stuff. But then they just brought him back randomly, and then by like the end of the next episode, he was dead. Um, yeah. So I, you know, one of my biggest uh, gripes with this show is the unevenness of it. The pacing is is constantly off. Um, a lot of their stories don't seem to like mesh well. Um, it seems like they introduce people that may be interesting, uh, and then they may be gone after like a week. Or, or even, you know, less than that. Um, so I, that's one of my biggest gripes with this particular version of power is that they, it's patchy. The, 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 it doesn't really flow for me as far as like storytelling. Uh, a lot of stuff doesn't even make sense sometimes. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll see how they get to get it together long term. Uh, but that's one of my biggest gripes with the show is like the unevenness of it. Yeah. I, I do. The more like we talk about it, the more I think maybe the actor just couldn't commit anymore and they needed to get him an exit. Because in the first episode, when they ask about when he asks about his his former P.O., Diamond says that, like, he um, he kind of got busted and they got like transferred somewhere else or restationed somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh, that's a clean way to get him out of there. But um, I, this is I guess this is definitely more. This is more definite. Um, but. We can use him to segue into, and I was going to save the Egan House for last, I still might, but we might as well talk about DMAC because he didn't have a ton to do, um, but now I'm curious as if to whether or not this was a way to get this particular actor um, off screen for a bit. Um, we get DMAC who he's recovered from his, for, for the most part, from his gunshot wound and he's he's getting to be uh to a degree a normal kid um he's got his dad back in his life um his white mima is really nice and sweet to him uh his uncle is crazy because i feel like everybody has at least one crazy uncle mm -hmm. um and he's you know he's this is kind of what he's been lurk like yearning for why he's been why he was stalking his father for for a while he's he's living a somewhat normal life. Um, the problem being that he wants to get back to the street life. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that the moments between him and his dad, especially the one where uh, he, he asked like, you know, how did you not find me? Like I found you like, you know, we in the same city. Like, how did you not find me? I thought that was a really well done scene where he's, you know, JP just being up front with them. They're just like, it's not that I didn't want to. It's just that first I didn't know for real, for real. And then it was just like, well, I don't know how you're going to handle one, me not being there, even though it was against my will and two, me being gay. Right. Um, which it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate fear. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard to say it. It's a tough situation because I more and more lately, I've been seeing stories of these men who have been told that they are there because like, let's 
disclaimer, we are well aware that there are some deadbeat men out there. Um, but like more and more, I'm hearing stories from these, some of these men and some of their kids that it came out that the, the mother kept them away from them. Like their mother, like their mom put the wall up, um, and, you know, did everything they could to, to stop that, you know, to break up that connection. Um, so I thought that them reconciling over that was, was really nice. Um, and him, you know, when he, again, he's, he's finally getting to be a, a normal kid. He sees his crush from way back when, um, and he, he's talking to his dad about, you know, it not, he doesn't go super into details, but like, he's proud to like, talk about how he, there's this girl he likes and he's going to try and take her out on a date. Um, and he just, JP gets to be a proud father for a moment. Um, how did you feel about DMAC? And why don't you talk about uh, <laughs> where he where he ultimately ends up in in these three episodes? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I did like some of the stuff because um, a lot of the Egan secondary Egan people that's not Tommy, um, they don't really vibe with me like that. But I did like a little bit of DMAC getting to know JP, um, and I especially like Kate and her interactions with her because uh, I feel like she was legitimately trying to like be better in life. Um, she stopped doing drugs. Um, she realized that she was uh, wrong for the way she treated her sons. And she was doing a good job of trying to be a good grandma to him. Um, but the problem was, like, he can't leave. Like, many of these young kids doesn't need, to, I mean, technically doesn't need to be out on the streets. Um, granted, he was out there before because he didn't really have no guidance. But now he has Tommy, who, who uh, supports him. JP, who supports him. K, who supports him. So it's not like he needs to be in the street just for like uh, the, any money or a place to stay or a place to live. But he can't, like Tyreek, let go of the thrill of it all. That's what it's really about. He wants to be out in the streets so he can get money, so he can impress girls, so he can uh, talk tough, so he can you know, carry guns and be the man. And it's all about the thrill of it as opposed to really being a necessity for him to be out in the streets. Uh, so we see that happen. We see both his uncle and his father are probably trying to get him not to be involved in this type of stuff. We even see Tommy give him like some things to do that keep him in the family business. Like we let him work on the uh, the Instagram or the, the computer, whatever he was selling, selling drugs social through media, yeah. social media social aspect. Media aspect yeah. But it's just not enough for him. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from not having guidance or not really having people who were holding him accountable when his father was not around. His mother apparently is also not around. So he probably had a lot of time where he was just kind of doing whatever he wanted to do. And now it's, it's kind of hard to go back to that when you get structured all of a sudden. Uh, but we see what this ultimately leads to. Uh, you knew the gun was going to get taken. Because JP says, no, you can't have a gun. And then he literally puts it in a desk right in front of the boy. He don't take you it know. to his room. He don't hide it in no way. He don't lock it away. He don't keep it on him. He says, no, you can't have this. And then yeah. walks two feet away and puts it in the desk drawer. Yeah. So you knew he was going to come back and get that gun. The checkoff gun. Yeah. Right, pretty much. So then he gets the gun and, of course, uh, doesn't know what's going on. But he does see... Somebody holding the gun on his, on his uncle, and, and, and he, I guess, does what he thinks is in their best interest and shoots the guy in the back of the head, not knowing he's a cop. But now he's dead, uh, and D-Mac still won't listen. It's like, they're like, okay, we're we going to try to resolve it. All you got to do is just chill in the house until we figure all this out. And he couldn't even do that basic thing. Um, so it's like he just got this stubbornness, this hard-headedness, and then it ultimately leads to... Um, 
another thing that we need to kind of talk about because I don't understand their philosophy when it comes to this. I understand sending them away, sending them to the farm. I don't understand the the uh, mystery behind it. Why they got to keep talking to Kate like he's gone, gone, like yeah. he's dead. I didn't understand that part of it. Yeah, that was overkill. Yeah, it was because it's one thing to be like, look, uh, and, and they don't have to tell the whole thing. It could have been simple as because she knows, especially she knows what her white son does. Like she's not blind to the fact that her white son is a drug dealer, probably has killed people, is is violent and dangerous. So all they had to do is like, you know, D might got himself into some trouble. We send him away for a little while to figure it out. But now that they got the woman relapsing, uh, because she think her son, her grandson that she finally could get in a bond with, feel like she get a redo of life, is dead. And now she back snowing coke. Um, yeah. So you know. Talk about, like, D-Mac, talk about... I think we should just get all the Egan's out of the way, except for Tommy. We can save Tommy for the end, because he's a okay. main character, but give me your okay. thoughts on JP, Kate, and um, D-Mac's um, situation before we move on to the next I got you know, you. set of people. So, I said, for the most part, everything I said about... about I wanted to say about D-Mac, one thing I did a lot, I did like about his run in this few episodes um, was Marshall. Uh, Marshall, like, expressing his concern and being like, yo, like... I, you you kind of have an out here and because like we almost lost you mm-hmm. and like I don't want this for you like that that was like one of my favorite parts of D-Max run these past few you know I, I like that he was he you know for for portrayal purposes that he was being a knuckleheaded kid he was making dumb decisions as most kids that age do but like I really enjoyed the fact that Marshall was just like hey man I get it because, you know, we we both started out in this together, but to a degree, you're kind of out. And that's a good thing. Like, it's a real good thing. Like, even though like Marshall's Marshall's tapped in, but like you don't see him as a part of this this feud that's going on between CBI and treason. Um, Marshall's borderline. He's almost just as out like, you know, I don't know what the whole uh, (laughs) Freddie Gibbs situation is. I know they spoke on it in the first situation. I mean, in the first episode, but like, I like the fact that Marshall was trying to talk, you know, the hothead was trying to talk some sense into him. Um, So it's real. Uh, as far as DMAT goes, I'm really curious. And it was, I, I, I feel you like them keeping Kate out of the loop was, was, was too much. Um, but I am curious to see, um, are we going to get him tapped in? Are we going to get to tap in with him? where he this this kind of I, I was it like a boarding school almost? it looked like a farm yeah but like but I, it almost seemed like a almost like a like a like a group home type setting but like and which probably is what he needed for real for real but like it seemed like a kind of like a like a behavioral camp like you know we're gonna try and get these kids a little more active um maybe like work the frustration out of them so that maybe they can like hash out what they can't like process mm-hmm. get this get this energy out of them um kate shout out to her I, I don't know the actress's name i don't have it in front of me she she's been doing an, a tremendous job in these past five episodes because she's been she's been the the usual kate but when it got to the episode where she's making a where well, she's trying to make amends and it starts out with her, you know, doing a, a typical Kate, I'm sorry, is that good enough type scenario to the two of them? 
but to in that same episode see her doing the work which is something we don't see a lot um especially in power no <laughs> most most of these guys you know would rather half apologize and keep it pushing but to see Kate genuinely trying to do the work genuinely trying to get and stay sober I was like that's that's amazing for her I'm more disappointed that they pulled the trigger on her relapsing this soon. I would have more, I would have more so when, when it got to the point where like when she buys the ice cream and you see how much it means to Tommy, um, when you see her being so good with, you know, being the grandma, like they told you to stay in the house and grandma loophole, you know what I'm saying? Like I would have more so liked to see her, struggle with it a bit more i probably like from a writing sense i'm not i'm not sadistic but like maybe go another episode or two where she's just like having a hard time dealing with it and then maybe turning to it but it was just the immediate defeat that kind of disappointed me um that there just so happened to be a little bag in there mm-hmm. um Man, but i mean she that, just that's what about the extremeness of it just folded and I don't mean to cut you off, but that, that kind of talks about the extremeness of it. If you tell me my grandson is dead at the hands of my own sons, I, I'm probably going, and I, and I, and I already got a, a, a substance abuse problem. That's enough to put me over the top. I don't think I, I got no fight left in me over something like that. Because at this point, not only do I lose my my, my uh, grandson, I got to know that my two sons are monsters. They killed their own nephew and son and you don't even tell me why. Like, there's no explanation as to why they killed him, why he's gone. He's just gone. Um, and, and, and you know, because, and then they also kind of make it seem like it's her fault because he didn't listen to them and she also helped him leave the house. So they kind of threw that extra on top of it. And I think Tommy was especially over the top. And then JP, I don't understand why JP didn't just like, look, like, I understand Tommy. He got how old he is, all these years invested in Kate. So he know that, you know, they got a really weird dynamic. But with JP, he was trying to get right with her to hold something like this back from her. It just came off as a little weird. Um, so they yeah. kind of, I yeah. feel like they messed it up. Yes, yes. It was it was poorly executed because I feel like at some point the, the conversation is going to be had where they say, no, we didn't kill him. We just sent him away. But the way this was executed, it's. It's clearly meant to make her to make them look like they killed him. Right. Um, which would make no sense because it's just like, why would JP be that calm? Like he no tears in his eyes. He's just, you know, he's just upset, um, which we can we can slide into JP. He didn't he doesn't have a ton to do, which I'm not mad at. Um, I do appreciate him telling Tommy like, yo, you don't talk to my son like that. But also understanding the situation that like yeah he's in a real he's in a fucked up situation and to a degree he's made it worse um so it's like i i i wish they would have executed their telling kate better Mm -hmm. um jp's biggest moment was when she's upset and she's like i didn't raise you two like this and jp was like you didn't raise us right which that is that's a hard that's that's a rough thing to do to someone who's distraught it's not that it's not true, but it's like, that's a bit much because you don't, you don't. And I think that's, I hope they handle that better when 
whenever they whenever they break it to her that like, no, he's alive. We didn't kill him. We just sent him away. Because like. It's. I You know, it's kind of like I said, it's poor execution. Um, I would I would be remiss if it's like if I'm saying if I'm if I'm giving you this info and you react like that, I'm like, maybe she thinks that we killed him. I'm not going to say I'm not going to take a, a dig at her. And I think that's like the the, the 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 misstep in the execution. It's like they're aware that they sent him away. She's clearly not. Now, had they made it clear to her that like, hey, we sent him away. Um, he's not dead. We, you know, but we sent him away. Things are too hot right now. And then she was upset and was talking about how I raised you and, you know, we, we stick together. Then you could you could make that dig. But that if I think that my sons killed my grandson and then I say, you know, they said that we didn't raise them like that, that would make me feel even worse. It's like, oh, shit, like I'm so bad of a mother that you two are are willfully murdering your own your own son and nephew. So it's like it's it was just poorly executed um, up until that point. He had some really great moments with uh, with with DMAC, as we spoke on earlier, and I really wish we could have seen that develop a bit more. Um, I do appreciate the fact that, from a writing standpoint, they they made sure JP, like, you know, they JP understood that, like, yeah, he killed a cop. This is the last place he needs to be right now. Um, and, I mean, but like I said, there's, there really wasn't a ton for him to do. I did like the fact that when she was trying to make amends to JP, he was upset at the the basicness of it. But like he also, you know, he was like, I'm not going to press the issue. But he kind of like he was like, oh, yeah, this is this is kind of who she is. Um, But I'll take, you know, I'll take the attempt. It doesn't really make up for it, but. It's I mean, it's you, you at least tried. I'll give you that. Um, who do you want to go into next? We're going to save, obviously, Tommy for the end. Who, who would you like to go to next? Well, let's get, I mean, I think the, the, the next biggest family is the Flints. Um, and they have uh, a yes. lot going on. Yes, they do. Um, so I, I mean, do we start with Papa Flynn or should we go um, Baby Flynn? Let's go, let's go Vic. Let's go Vic first. No, 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 no. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Da. Let's okay. go. Da Flynn first. You want to start? I, I mean, I guess. Like, I feel like he he hasn't really changed much since season one. Just this jerk, uh, power hungry, always got to be in control, uh, dominates his children, um, allegedly in the family's best interest. But it, it really just comes off as kind of cruel the way he, especially the daughter, the way he treats her is like, why does she exist? Um, he won't let her be a part of the business. He won't let her have any ambition. He won't let her any drive. Um, and then not even that. And then even going further than that, the way he treated poor Pauly, that that was another oh, part. Yeah. I was like Jesus. Like I, I get it. Yeah, your yeah. kids is one thing, but Pauly who has been nothing but loyal to you, and who is only trying to be a legitimate right hand man, help you out, uh, work in your best interest, and you fire him. And basically call him a piece of garbage that I never should have hired if it wasn't for my sister or 
whatever in it may be. In front of his wife. Right. In front of his wife. In front of his own wife. Um, so, you know, Dog never had no redeeming value to me. He always was a piece of, uh, um, just horrible person. Um, so it, it, it wasn't shocking. Um, actually, I, actually, I was shocked about what happened to him though. Uh, cause I wasn't yeah. expecting that so soon. I mean, I figured yeah. at some point, you know, it, it's, it's power. People die all the time. Um, but I thought he would last a lot longer than he did. And then the way he went out and then at the hands of who took him out was crazy. So you, you want to kind of talk on, on your thoughts on him in general and then. Yeah. Um, his I, it's going to echo, <laughs> right. It's going to echo what you said. Like he, master manipulator, um, and a psychopath slash sociopath to do that to your own kids. Um, but yeah, the way he went out, it just kind of made me wonder like, well, what was the point of introducing this, this illness? If you were just going to take him that. out, like, yeah. yeah, if you, you know, you made it seem like you didn't have much time left. Um, and then you, the, the, the illness death to someone who you introduce in the second half of one episode. Um, so yeah, he, it, we were waiting for him to go. Um, I didn't, I didn't think it'd be this soon. Uh, shout out to that actor whose name I don't have in front of me. Um, apologies. Oh, uh, I think, wait, 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 because he's like one of the last people in the credits. I think Tommy Flanagan, um, tremendous actor, uh, did his thing, but yeah, it was just a matter of time. Um, terrible, always pit his kids against one another, um, would stab them in the back in a heartbeat. Uh, what he did to Gloria's bar was foul. That was, that was grimy. That was disgusting. Um, but also right on brand for him, uh, just to showcase how much he doesn't care. Uh, he was, you know, a hustler to the end, trying to, you know, hustle his way out of things. Uh, what he did to Paulie was, was terrible. It was shitty. Um, and the fact that Paulie had to go with him made me, uh, made me a little bit sad because, I mean, you're, you're tied with the mob, so you can't feel but so sad for him. But Paulie was, Paulie was a true, as they say, a true stand-up guy. And to the point where he, I, I mean, it's too stand-up. Because, you know, for him to show up at your house drunk at night, screaming and cursing at you, pretty much sunning him mm-hmm. in front of his wife, and then fires him, I wouldn't call back to hire, to, to apologize. Um, I don't know if that's just like the last bit of code that he had left. Um, and, you know, Flynn, Walter Flynn being Walter Flynn, when when Vic asks, he's like, oh, well, he called and cried and bubbered and asked for his and begged for his job. Back. <laughs> right. He probably he probably didn't beg. He probably just like respectfully was like, hey, man, I'm I'm sorry for overstepping. Um, I felt like I was doing the right thing for your for the, for the family. And I apologize for. For you know, stepping out of bounds, right? And Walter probably. I'm sorry, my bad. I was like, he even had to turn that into an insult, though. He could just yeah, let the guy be like, "Oh, I took him back." He was, you uh, know, of course, apologetic. He had to be like a crying, bubbering mess. And I felt right. so sorry for the pathetic loser that I just had to take him back. Exactly. And then it's the same man who ended up giving his life for you. Exactly. Because while he was out there getting shot up, I don't even know where Walter was. Walter Hiding. was somewhere in the back. Hiding. Right. Because they they sent out henchman number one, unnamed henchman number one. Um, and we might as well get into that, uh, just to, you know, we'll, we'll hop back to the other two flings, but, um, yeah, uh, 
somebody's movie or TV show is going to rewrite and <laughs> well, don't be surprised in the next few years if you see a movie or TV show with the most uh, efficient, off-the-hook Irish hit squad because Power has played the hell out of them in two seasons. The Four Horsemen, uh, whatever this guy's name, Big Red or whatever, mm-hmm. they, they make it seem like these dudes were the toughest, most efficient killers in Ireland. And they just came to to Chicago and just got worked Pretty by Tommy. Easy. Yeah, by Tommy shooting, you know, pretty much making shit up as he goes along. And by two old gangsters, um, Vic, who's just trying to keep the keep the, you know, keep the, the charade at and some random henchmen. And, you know, they just they, they made them look quite terrible. Um, also, I didn't expect them going that far with the uh, <laughs> with the effects mm-hmm. on the on Big Red. Oh, when he shot like, him, yeah. So when he shot him in the face, off, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Okay. I, I didn't know we were going that far, but do you, stars? I mean, cool. Um, so yeah, down goes Polly. Sadly, he went out like a G. Um, and Walter goes down. Um. At the hands of his own son. Mm-hmm. Um, so from here, we might as well, since we're talking about Vic. Um, mm, well, he has the longest running. Well, no, let's let's get right into Vic. Uh, Vic is still throughout this ep- these episodes working on um, tearing it down from the inside, and boy, does he su- <laughs> does he succeed? Um, he he goes from trying to tear things down on the inside to doing a bit too much. Um, you know, I feel like the getting, getting the, the drop off guy pinched was, was cool. That was a smart move, but killing the, the pharmacy CEO, that was overkill. I was mm. like, that's just not, I get it. But like, I know what you're trying to, we know what you're trying to do, but like, that's just not smart. That's just, why would you do that? Um, that just seemed, that's some Tommy shit. Um, and you know, him, of course, relinking back up with Claude, um, and coming to, well, oh yeah, I felt that was, this was the one, well, no, I felt bad when Glo when Gloria got killed and he was in the car, I felt even worse. Well, not even worse. Worse was for Gloria, but this, I felt bad for him on this one too, because that was, that was terrible to, you know, it would have been one thing if he just turned it into a Russian bar. But he walked in there. It was like daytime and it was titties out. Oh, the strip club. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo. Yeah. He, he had every right to spaz out. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Vic? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like this is just like the, the complete breakdown of Vic. Um, and I think Gloria was just a little bit too far. I think he was uh, well, well with being like a family guy and a company man. But once his father like just killed Gloria... And then, like I said, not only killed her, but basically spat in her, you know, spat in the face of her memory by uh, turning her, her bond to a strip club, by like basically laughing in her son's face every time that his son is upset about her being around. It's all craziness. Um, so I'm saying Vic is just over it. He's over his family. Um, he is doing a lot of like super drastic things. Cause I don't think, and I think the point of it is they, they want, they want you to see that he's not in his right mind state. Um, and a part of that is just the grief of losing Gloria, you know, who's the love of his life. So I think a lot of that is, is what they're kind of showcasing with Vic. 
the drinking, the excessive, um, uh, you know, not really thinking things out, the, the things that seem to be like just a spur of impulse kind of things. All this is a part of it. Um, and I think we are already seeing uh, actually some good performance from the guy who's playing Vic. Um, cause he's a character I didn't really care much about in, in season one. But I think right. they're making me a little bit more interested in season two. Um, oh, the yeah. fact that we see this different pattern. Uh, and now he's taking out his father, but he won't just let that rest. Because now, uh, and we kind of transition into Claudia. Not only is his mission to take, it's not even that he wants her dead. Um, he wants her locked up and put away. And he's going out of his way to work with the police just to take his sister down. Uh, so this Rightfully is, this so. is, this is crazy. Um, yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, she basically, in her own ambition, even though it doesn't make any sense because she's like, uh, she's talking to the dude Doyle. You know, when my father's gone, I'm going to be the, you know, I would be in charge. And he's like, no, they old school. They're not working with no woman. But, and, and her rationale is to, okay, to kill my brother too. But regardless of her brother is dead or not, they're still not working with no woman. Exactly. So now she's willing to sacrifice her brother for something she can never have regardless of anything. Um, so that really, you know, we knew she was like a, a conniving ass lady. Now we know she's over the top with it. Like her ambition and her desire for power is more important than anything. So she gives what she deserves. If the cops get her dead, that's good. If Tommy finally get her for taking out Liliana, that'd be good. Uh, I don't see her lasting too much longer, maybe towards the end of the season. Uh, but she really is in this corner now where she has no support. Yeah. Uh, Doyle, she just, Doyle, in the effort to kind of throw a brother off the scent that was horrible, uh, she killed him. He was one of her few allies. So I don't know where, where Claudia goes from there because I think she's kind of burned all her bridges at this point. Oh, for sure. Because that was like an impulse move. Um, and. It was just like the fact that she didn't she didn't look too distraught at the idea of like, well, shit, I guess my brother got to die if I, you know, for me to get what I what I've wanted all this time. She didn't seem super distraught like she didn't even like second guess it until she got caught. Uh, but yeah, killing Doyle was just like uh, in the moment move, which was just super reckless um, because yeah, that, that's going to come back to haunt you. Like, I don't understand why you don't think it would, because now you got a problem from the Doyle family. Um, and even though she don't know it, Vic is not on your side because he put two and two together fairly quick uh, when he's just waiting for the call. And he puts together they're like, oh, they think I'm dead. That's why they're not contacting me. So let me go. Let me go see what's up. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Claudia's ambition has finally caught up to her. Um, and now, and, you know, pretty much rounding out Vic, him just wanting out. He's just like, you know what? I'm done. Give me a new life. I'll give you whatever you want. I'll infiltrate. And this is where, you know, the, the head of the FBI part of the task force, like she gets her, her golden ticket. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, I need you to get in CBI and get us Tommy Egan. She, he, he's just like, I, right, whatever. Just lock my sister up, make sure she suffers and has to sit with what she's done. Mm -hmm. um, just get me out of here. Let Give me a fresh start. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll see Vic by the, when this is all over. We'll see him at that farm with, uh, with D-Mag. All right. Um, so, Claudia, it's going to be interesting to see if she makes it out of this season. Because I know for a fact, I mean, well, Claudia, I mean, Tommy's already pieced together that it was Claudia. 
um, that killed Liliana. Um, so how she gets out of that, if she gets out of that, we'll see. Right. Um, she has no allies. I'm guessing maybe she contacts the Doyles before someone else does, and she just kind of pleads her case. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, you know, fall back on her, but it's going to be interesting. Oh, wait, I forgot. She she linked up with the Serbs. So that might be a little insurance. We'll see what actually out. what yeah, actually maybe. comes from that. But yeah, I forgot. Um, and now that Walter's dead, she and she'd already established herself as the, the connect person between uh, Walter and the Serbs. The Serbs might be dealing with her directly. So she might be in a a better place than we think. It's still a bad place, realistically, but a better place than we think. Yeah, I guess we got to just wait and see at this point. So I don't know. All right. So um, I want to real quick. uh, Miguel is a psychopath. Putting people's hands in liquid nitrogen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And breaking. He also has a hand fetish. Breaking fingers. Uh, then he runs up on the doctor. Hey, you and you knew that was coming. Like, yeah. Uh, like, I'm, and I'm sorry. As the sister, she got to do a better job of like killing that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Know, like, if she really don't want him to do it, because you know your brother crazy. She know what her brother is involved in, and she know if her brother, regardless of whether she can handle it or not, see her getting treated badly by some dude, it's gonna be some consequences. So she should have did a better job of. Um, I mean, granted, it's a TV show. But in real life, I hope somebody in that situation would do a better job of, like, defusing the situation. Because you knew dude was about to get tore up. Um, and you're yeah. right. Dude definitely has some type of, and, and, and it made perfect sense for this particular guy. Because his livelihood, he's a surgeon. His literal yeah. livelihood is being a doctor. And he can't do that without his hands. So he knew what he was doing. Real effed up. Um, but, yeah, Miguel is definitely um, a nut. And I, you know, I'm curious to see what they're going to do for him long term. Because that, that's another problem with the show. It's too many bad guys. Like, you got the Serbian still running around. You still got Gennard and his involvement because he technically is the bad guy. You got the PO. You got the task force. You got the um, the Serbians. And you also got the Mexicans. It's, in jail. And yeah. then the jail people. You got Rolo, yeah. Kilo. It's too many bad people. They need to figure out and tone this down and, and, and really streamline who the bad people are. Because now the storyline just ends up being all over the place. It's too many yeah. people involved. Um, so that's my thought on, like, Miguel and, and the whole Mexican family. Then it's like realistically, you know, I, why would you why would you bust up both his hands? Because now, because he has to answer that question, like that looks suspicious as hell. You busted up both your hands with severe blunt impacts, like both of them. So it's like you're you're borderline asking him to be a, a regular civilian and snitch on you, whether right. it you know whether you retaliate or not. You know, that's the in most cases, that's the the reasonable response. Like, dude, broke right. both my hands. I'm a surgeon. I'm a, I'm a civilian. Like, okay, you beat me up a little bit because I I, I got loud with your sister. I, did, you know, that's thing. Did he even does he know that's her brother, or does he think he's like think two so. people that was robbing his house? It just seemed like because it made like, sound like he was like, I'm gonna give you my Rolex. He was just trying to like buy them off, as opposed to, oh, I know you're like it was like he knew, oh, this is her brother, and I'm in trouble because I yelled at her. I don't think he even knows what the situation is. Right, which makes it even more sloppy because it's like now you just beat up a dude and if he sees you out in the like I would, I mean, why wouldn't he call the police? Right. You know, so that's I just... I definitely would call the police. Yeah. You know, so that's just, that's just sloppy wordsmanship. I'm guessing the next logical step is um, 
she goes to work and she sees that his hands are busted up and he's just like, I don't want to talk about it. She puts two and two together and confronts Miguel. Right. Um, but yeah, Miguel, psychopath. Um, there was somebody else in there. Um, damn, Miguel was a psychopath. I, I mean, the prison stuff is interesting as a side thing, but I mean, them trying, I mean, them kind of doing this whole coalition thing kind of wipes it out. Um, I'm mad that they shot up the diner like that. Uh, but at the same time, it made sense because these, you know, these kids is is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the whole gang vacuum once uh, treason kind of fell apart. Uh, let's see. We, we covered all the Flynn's. Yep. We covered Maria. I, I mean, we'll see what happens with her. Another one. I'm not really I'm not understanding her logic. Uh, for first shoot in the beginning, I, I'm adamant. I don't talk to anybody that deals with my brother. I don't want those problems. I don't want those type of gangsters in my life. Next Took episode, almost, right? Almost so convincing. Uh, and now she's going on dates, and then she went from dates to showing up to his apartment and want to make out. And I was like, I don't understand her motivation behind it. Like he hasn't really done anything that was so charming that I feel like she would be falling for his stuff. Um, so they they, they didn't do a good job of really building this romance. Based breaking off how she was in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Breaking, she didn't even do yeah. that. Yeah. Breaking up with said doctor. Do you love me? Like, well, I'm like, it probably caught him super off guard. Like what? Right. Like, I don't, they didn't build enough of their relationship to make us even care to have exactly. a scene where they break up. A lady just died and I was trying to comfort you on that. And you hitting me with this. Right. You know, it was poor execution. Yeah. So um, I'm not crazy about, uh, the love story. I mean, I, and I feel like sometimes they just feel like they got to throw a love story in there. Right. And I don't even know why. Right. Are we ready to talk about the brothers Samson? Let's get into them. because But them too, and then we can go into Tommy as, as, the, yeah. as the finale. Yeah, for sure. But do, which one do you want to talk about? The born brother or the problematic brother? Because um, one to me is very boring. I mean, grand scheme. Let's go Diamond. I understand why you think he's boring. I think, I think he's... I think the reason he comes off well, I mean, it makes sense that he's boring because he's the one dealing with the PO and he's trying to keep things on the up and up, at least for appearances sake. But I also see him wanting to be of a, a, a sense of change. He, he, I think he wants to be like, not just, you know, he wants to be bigger than the whole gang thing. You know, he mm-hmm. understands, you know, the drug aspect of it. But um, you see he gets himself a little a little protege in Leon um, and a look from Leon's moms. Um, but like he you, you see he's not ne- like not necessarily wanting fully out the life, but to to do more positive with it, mm-hmm. which in the in the universe of power, positivity is, you know, so positivity that, got ghost down. Yeah. yeah, it got it got ghost killed. That, that's what <laughs> book one was about was about a dude who wanted out of the game. And everybody else not wanting that shit. So um, I think I understand why Diamond can appear to be boring. Um, and he's also the quote unquote uh, kind of moral compass mm-hmm. um, in, you know, the honor amongst Steve's thing. Um, but why don't you go in on him? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my biggest problem with Diamond is I, I feel like they just don't give him enough to do. As far as like his own kind of advancement of storylines, it's always like just some 
extra add on to something Tommy has got going on or some type of reactionary thing. Um, or they give him like these scenes that don't really, to me, impact the story long term. It's like he's always just like learned about something late or, uh, he's like, oh, I'll resolve it, but he resolves it off screen. So they already give him a lot of stuff to do, like when he's actually in the scenes. And I think they do a lot better job of making, uh, Tommy more interesting. Definitely Gennard is, is way more interesting than, 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 uh, than Diamond. Um, so I think a lot of it's just like, I don't think they give him enough to do in the show. It's kind of like JP to me. I mean, of course he's way more involved than JP is, but I feel like Diamond just kind of pops up to just kind of be there to listen to Tommy yell or say, Tommy, no, man, you got to think it through. Uh, but doesn't really do anything to stop Tommy because Tommy is still just killing Chewy. Tommy is still, uh, being as reckless as possible, um, uh, without really involving Diamond into things after the fact. Um, so th- th- that's why I say he's kind of boring because I don't feel like they give him enough to kind of really make his character stand out. Um, as more than just kind of like, you know, filling scenes sometimes. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um, you know, but so that, that's my problem with Diamond. And I, I think they did a better job in, in the first season of really kind of establishing him. And then they also don't do a clear job of, of what he wants because you're right. Like he is like taking in a protege who's trying to keep people off the streets and, and teach him to stand for himself and protect himself. Um, and then they got the scene where he go visit his dad and he's trying to be a big brother and a loving son, even though his father wasn't that good. Um, but he's also still heavily involved in like selling drugs. So it's not like he's out of the life. He's still involved in shootouts and killing people. Um, so it's just like really weird is what they're doing to him. They, they need, they need to pick a path. Either he is trying to be righteous. Um, and still kind of doing some of the stuff he does to just help on this righteous path or he's bad, um, bad in the sense that he's committed to this, this life of drug dealing and killing and all the stuff that comes with it. Um, but I feel like they don't really give a strong foundation when it comes to that. And that's just half a lot diamond. Yeah. Um, they really shoehorned in this father, um, just to off him. Right. Just a story. Like, I don't know. In, in the same, just to, you know, kill him in the same episode. Um, and like I said, like that, they gave Walter Flynn's ailment death, like eminent death by illness to this father that we never was never spoken of until this episode and comes in and just, you know, pretty much berates diamond and never gets to speak to Gennard. Um, and I mean, I guess to a degree, I, 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 I'm not mad that they they at least gave Diamond a little bit of closure. Um, but you know, it also wasn't it also wasn't like a lifetime movie where it's just like, oh man, like if you could only just nah, hey, it was it was venom from both of them. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, his dad was <laughs> he was a piece of work. Uh just, you know, you ain't never gonna be no good. Right. Um but you know, I guess a little bit of clarity before death. Yeah. Um, Are we supposed to care though? It's like you introduced this deadbeat kind of dad out of nowhere in one episode, and we supposed to really care about that dynamic in fifteen minutes that he's on it, screen. It it only served as an excuse for Gennard to come back when that I feel like that could have been done much better and in who knows how many different ways. Right. Um, and we might as well segue into Gennard because holy crap, 
this dude went through it this first half. Yeah, he he's uh, all over the place. Way all over the place. Just losing control. Like, well, he never had control to begin with. If we're if we're keeping it a buck, he never had a he never had control with treason. Um, because he was juggling too, he was spinning too many plates between treason, Miguel, and the Serbs, and things just weren't adding up. Um, to his his knuckleheads who didn't want to listen to him, um, to him starting to 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 use. Mm-hmm. And at first you think it's like a one-time thing uh, to this this relationship. We don't we kind of don't care about. They're trying to make us care about it a little more. Uh, I thought it was an interesting choice where, you know, she tried to she tried to turn up on him a little bit. And he was like, yo, like we're not doing that, especially right now. Uh, but her also being having the wherewithal to see that, like, he's on something. Right. Um, and but at the same time, because there was no groundwork with this, it's like she she seems a little too down for him like this. Like, I hope young ladies are not getting the wrong idea with this. This is not something you want to strive to be um and yeah he's just he just goes off the rails quick killing little k almost doing it in broad daylight in front of his grandmother's house mm-hmm. um but killing little k and just tossing his body in an alley just getting high more and more uh when it when that one part picks up with him just like passed out with the drool out of his mouth. Right. I was like, damn, this man is acting. He is, he is getting into this role. All right. And then, uh, I mean, and then, then the drug just escalate. And then another weird scene with the, with the guy shoots him up and all that. Uh, I mean, I get it. They oh, just trying to yeah. show this advancement of like his drug use getting worse and worse. But that was just a silly scene. Uh, no addict is going to be like, uh, you know, let's share these drugs. And then also, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you don't, you don't shoot up, but I'm going to force you to shoot up drugs. Because I care so much about you getting high. That's just not really listening to drug addicts. And I get it. What they're trying to do is showcase Janaz going further and further into um, addiction and his loss of total control. Because he's, like you said, you already said, he's totally out of it. He lost basically control of his gang, uh, got beat on by his own gang members, and then they basically said, fuck you and quit. Um, the, The few gang members he got left, they have almost no faith in him. Um, he's resorting to robbing and stealing people who he has strong business relationships in the past. Um, in the broad poor daylight. Girl, yeah, the poor lady, I don't know her name, that he took the chain off of. Which is messed up. And then, and then of course, and, he, and then, like, you know he got to be using drugs because it's like he's wearing the chain. Like, that's not a famously known chain. Right. The dude immediately was like, dog, is that whatever boo's name chain? And he, like, tried to act like it wasn't him. Come on. I mean, so he's just totally out of control. He's in debt to the Serbs. He's in debt to the Mexicans. Uh, treason is falling apart. Uh, he can't keep his business straight. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought ultimately they were going to go back to a CBI reunion. I just, I do, I don't like the way they, they, they did it. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have found better ways than making the general just like this utter fuck up and drug addict to get the brothers back together. Um, because I think the show, this is, this is the MO of power. You know, you have yeah. groups or families and friends or brothers, uh, they fight. They work, and then they find a way to get back together. Normally, because they got to fight some super bad. We saw with Tommy and Ghost ten thousand times on the original season, um, series, and I think that's just what this is. Um, but I think they, I, I wish they would have did a better job. But then just turning Janot's like this strung out kind of guy, uh, 
So, but so, but you know, we only have we there because if you see the previews, it looks like that Diamond is down with CBI coming back together or letting John back into CBI. But now Tommy's heavily involved in CBI. It's not like it used to be where just the brothers can be like, okay, we fought, we get back together. I'm curious to see how Tommy's going to look at um, Jannar's return to the group, if he's going to be cool with it at all. Um, so we'll see. That, that's something at least to look, to look forward to. Uh, but if we talk about who had the worst halfway of the season, it's definitely the poor boy Jannar. Oh, yeah, for sure. Other than getting some, some, some buns from the girl, that's like the only good thing that happened to him is he, he, he got him a little love. He's probably going to mess around and lose that. Oh, for sure. Because I don't see him kicking this drug habit super quick. And she knows. She calls him out every She called him out two or three different times. Are you yeah. on something? And he always tried to downplay it. But like I said, she's not stupid. Anybody who is heavily involved in selling drugs, you know what an addict looks like. You know what somebody who's using looks like because that's your profession. And you can't hide it. And he definitely can't hide it with his reckless behavior because he's all over the place. And And to top it all off, he was he was too busy getting high. He didn't get to say goodbye to his father. Yep. Um, which was that was the one thing I felt bad for him for. Granted, it's all it's his it's his own doing, but like I was just like that's still that's still rough. Um, granted, his father sucked, but that's still his dad. Yeah. Um, and that's I so think, weird. That's so weird. Yeah. I, oh man, you want to talk about weird when he's trying to talk to the white dude about like, hey man, let me get one of those bags off you, or whatever. And then he's just like, he kind of gives him that look like, nah, man, I can't help you out. He's like, look, man, what do you want? When you see him like walking around the car and like taking the chain off, I was like, oh, no, please don't tell me he about to do what oh, I yeah. he's about to do. I was like, please, no. For like, a half a second, I didn't think of that in my mind. I was, <laughs> I was like, like, yo, is this oh, drug no. added that bad, that fast? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But now nah, they they, um, they downplayed that pretty quick. But it, it did seem like that's what they were leading to. Like yeah. he was about to do some type, he was about to do something strange. Oh yeah, uh, you know. Because had he had that happen, I was like, nah, somebody would have spoiled it by for, by now. Like that would have been been viral. Uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, thank God, because it it looked little, it looked little suspect yeah. for a second there. It was. And weird. I was like, oh no, please don't do this. Oh man. So yeah, but and I also agree. I knew at some point CBI was going to get back together, but this just seemed it seemed forced. Mm-hmm. It seemed forced. Um, I don't know if they've been renewed for a third season. So maybe I no maybe this is just them covering their bases just in case. Um, like I said, the writer strike has been resolved. Hopefully the actor strike gets resolved um, next. And hopefully they get a hopefully they get at least. I'm going to say, give me give me two more seasons of, of book four. Um, I think it's going gonna, fine, though. I think I think yeah. this this is I mean, you know, stars, you ain't got to have like 10 million people watching every week. Right. Um, and I think this is the power uh, fan base for the most part is very loyal. Um, I know they keep, of course, book two running. Um, they keep Kanan running. I know you don't watch Razor Kanan, but they keep Razor Kanan running. So I think you will see at least a three, probably a, definitely a season three, maybe a season four yeah. um, of this. But I don't, I don't yeah. see it being like a, a you know eight, nine seasons. No, because no. they're going to have to do something real drastic with our last uh, our last point of topic here. Um, with Tommy, um, they brought him back a bit more these past, these last three episodes. Um, cause I'd all but given up on him in the, in the, the first two, I was like, y'all, y'all borderline erased the, the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, they, these three episodes, he was still a bit of that hothead, but they, they kind of brought back in his development from the first season where he's, he's being a little more diplomatic. He's being a little more strategic. Um, he, he still wants his blood, 
you know, that old die, old habits die hard. But um, I think the only person he killed in these three episodes were was that guy in the bathroom. That was out of self-defense. And that was really random, too. It super was. Because, like, uh, you know, I get it. Like, why did you kill him? Like, why didn't you just beat him down in the bathroom? Like, who leaves a dead body in the zoo? Uh, and then you did that little fake, try to brush your your, your prints off. Um, that 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 scene was a little bit weird for me. Uh, I feel like sometimes they just, they want Tommy to do something cool, and yeah, yeah. It, it, it was cool to kind of you know cut the guy up in the bathroom. But in real life, I feel like okay, if the dude was following me and talking to talking slick, he would beat him up. But I don't I don't see him killing the guy in broad daylight at a public at a very public place like the zoo. Uh, and we know we didn't see Tommy get away with murder probably fifty times at this point. Um, but come on, make it make sense, and that really did make sense. Um, and then as far as like, I I, I agree. I, I feel like season one they did a pretty good job. But like, you know, he was still doing a lot of the same timey stuff, but they was like kind of you know building him to be more sensible, more reasonable, even more. Um, you know, and I think a lot of this came from the um, relationship with Liliana, even more to be more of a. Uh, even though we always saw this with Tommy, because Tommy, that was one thing Tommy always was, was ridiculously loyal. Because um, even when he was beefing with Ghost, it was still stuff that held him back from like taking Ghost out. I, mean, I think he had opportunities to do so. Um, and so I think they, they was making him a, a lot more human when it came to like his dinner with Liliana and making him like more real-rounded. But it, it did seem like the first couple of episodes of the season, they threw all that out the window. And maybe some of that was just showcasing that he was like out for revenge or hot-headed because, uh, you know, another person he loved and, and was close to ended up dying. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think they did a bad job of, like, erasing all the growth. Um, and they are they have been slowly been building back up the last couple episodes. Um, what do you think about Tommy in general? Um, pretty much as I said, um, he rocky start, but he's he's starting to get back to that, that progress that really excited me about the first season. Um, like I said, when, when they propositioned Seamus, um, I was just like, cool. Like granted it didn't work out, but like the fact that he was okay with, you know, he was like, you know what, let's see if we can get a guy on the inside. That's a ghost move. That's definitely a ghost move. Um, cause in the past time it would have just killed him. You know what I mean? Cause remember that's how they got sacks. Like they were, they're ready to kill him, but ghost is like, you know what? No, we, we, we own this guy now. And essentially, had DMAC not messed it up, I, I'm confident they would have talked Seamus into it. Um, the fact that he came back around and was like, you know what, let's let's make the deal with the uh, the leader of the other gangs that's still in jail. Um, except for they, you know, but strategic. He's like, but we use our product, you know. So it's like, okay, cool, they're bringing it back. And the way the, the episode ended, I was like, okay, cool. Let's see where things go from here. Now I'm, I feel like we're getting somewhere. They closed a lot of loose ends. They got rid of a lot of obstacles um, and they set up new paths for us to take Mm -hmm. Um, because now the only real. okay, so the so we get the the Flynn threat on two fronts. Um, They'll probably let Claudia made. Well, no, Claudia is practically a dead woman because Tommy knows she killed him, uh, killed Liliana. Uh, Vic is the sleeper. Because he's going to try and get back in, and he'll probably be the one to, like, be the, the I guess you could say, the, um, the, the gateway to taking over the Flynn territory, which works out in their process, you know, that works out for them. Um, 
the Serbs aren't an issue to them yet because they get to sit back and watch how Miguel and the Serbs go at it. Uh, Miguel's still a psycho. Um, but it, he's not, unless he screws up with Maria, they, they're, they're business partners. So there's not a ton of, I feel like they've cleared out a lot of the, the background noise. And we have a bit more of a clear path. Uh, Gennard's going to cause friction. I think he'll get in line. Um, and the outside of that, the real threat will be the knuckleheads in the vacuum that, you know, Gennard probably, they're going to have issue with Gennard. Um, but, you know, if Gennard gets in line, you know Tommy's stance on that. Well, then they got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Tommy's obviously going to have to vet them. And then, of course, the task force. So I feel like they've cleared out, as, as chaotic as this was, they cleared out a lot of background noise. Um, and I'm 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 reinvested more. I was always invested, but like I'm now more reinvested in seeing uh, where do we go from here? How about you? What do you what are your final thoughts on Tommy and and where we are so far? Yeah, I mean, I feel like halfway through the season, I'm still not fully connecting with the show uh, like I really want to because uh, I feel like the big difference when I watch any of the other powers, I'm like ready for the next week to come. I'm like always ready for it to come. I don't really feel that all the time with this show. I'm like, if I watch it, I don't do. If I don't, I don't. So I'm hoping they really can make it a little bit more cohesive in part two. Maybe narrow some of these storylines so we can get like uh, more devoted time to characters that are going to stick around for a while so we can be more interested and invested in them. Because right now, my, that's my biggest issue. Way too many characters coming in and out that I can't really get fully. I mean, outside of like Tommy and even the main characters, I feel like they don't always get the appropriate use that makes me care about them. Uh, cause really to be honest, outside of Tom, outside of Tommy, and a lot of it's not even what Tommy is doing in the series, it's more just kind of like historical Tommy. So you have a connection to him. Him and Jernot are really carrying the show for me. All the other characters, um, Vic kind of stepping up a little bit more. And now that he's got this whole plan where he took out his father and he's trying to take out his sister. But a lot of them are just kind of like, whether they're there or not, I don't even care. Claudia, DMAC, half of the, half of the, um, the Egan's outside of Tommy, uh, a lot of the other gangs, the Serbians, I don't really care about them. So I, I just hope they can really find some solid direction, uh, to make me get more invested in all the characters. Like give us some strong ways to get it done. Uh, cause right now it's shaky for me. I mean, of course I'm still going to keep watching the show, but I'm not really in love with it. Like I really am with like book two or even Raising Canaan, which I find to be a much more enjoyable show week to week. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. We shall see. So, um, as always, be sure to let us know what you guys think, your theories, um, your critiques on the show. Uh, as I said earlier, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. You can find this episode and uh, this show on the PLP podcast, um, as well as, well, pretty much all platforms. We're, we're, we're ever, you know, everywhere on there. Uh, you can find myself um, off the clock at or triple D at off the clock O F F T H A clock podcast on uh pretty much all platforms as well. Um, so again, we're going to do our best to get back to our week to week so we can get a little more deep into uh, the episodes themselves from here on out. Um, we again, appreciate all of you from, for rocking with us all this time. And we, we hope you, you enjoy the ride. Uh, so I, of course, am one half of your host triple D and with, he is the Scott O'Shea. And we'll see you guys next time.